So welcome to eHack Her Health, where we discuss important topics related to women's health, tech, and empowerment. In today's episode, we'll delve into the significance of self-advocacy in healthcare for women. As women, it is crucial that we understand how to effectively advocate for ourselves, particularly in a medical setting, ensuring that our voices are heard, our concerns are met, and our healthcare needs are met. This is especially important for Black women and women of color. While Black women are often on the front lines for social justice and quick to speak up for others, the repeated experience of cultural and gender bias, as well as microaggression, can cause many to hold back from self-advocacy. Self-advocacy is an important life skill that all of us need to create the life we want and deserve. So let's explore why self-advocacy is essential and how it can positively impact our healthcare experience. Welcome to eHacker Health, the podcast providing digital and community resources to help women optimize their health. I'm your host, Dr. Kat Andrews. Just what is self-advocacy and why it's important for healthcare uh, for women? Now, self-advocacy is about taking an active role in managing our own health and well-being. It empowers us as women to assert our rights to make informed decisions and actively participate in the healthcare journey. Self-advocacy is critical for a number of reasons, and this includes things like ensuring comprehensive care. By advocating for ourselves, we ensure that healthcare providers consider our unique needs, experiences, and concerns. And this is especially true for women, as certain health conditions, symptoms, and treatments may differ from those of men. So taking an active role in our healthcare helps guarantee that we receive comprehensive and personalized care. Another reason for self-advocacy is it promotes informed decision-making. Self-advocacy encourages women to become knowledgeable about uh, her health condition, the treatment options, and available resources. When we're well-informed, we can actively participate in the decision-making process. We can then ask relevant questions and actually understand the potential risks and benefits associated with different treatment approaches. This empowers us to make choices aligned with our preference and our values. Similarly, engaging in self-advocacy works to overcome gender bias. Whether it is done consciously um, or not, gender bias in healthcare is real and very prevalent. Women's symptoms are often dismissed. Our healthcare concerns can be downplayed or not taken seriously by male and female healthcare providers. By advocating for ourselves, we challenge these biases and ensure that our symptoms and concerns are acknowledged and addressed appropriately, letting providers know we have the right to be treated with respect and receive equitable care. It also empowers you to seek out different providers if the one you have just isn't listening to you, regardless of how nice and sweet they seem. 
This leads me to another positive benefit of self-advocacy, which is building strong patient-provider relationships. Effective self-advocacy fosters open and collaborative relationships with our healthcare providers. When we actively engage in discussions about our health, express our concerns, and ask questions, we establish partnerships based on trust and mutual respect. This is uh, this enables healthcare professionals to better understand our needs and perspectives, leading to improved communication and shared decision making. Decision making, which I imagine, I think, for most overworked healthcare providers is a plus. They are not gods. I think most don't want to be God. And so having a patient who is actively engaging with them actually helps them, but more importantly, it helps you. And lastly, when it comes to self-advocacy, um, it is it inspires others and it can drive change. By advocating for ourselves, we become role models for other women, especially young women and girls inspiring them to take charge of their own health. Our collective voices can help drive systemic change, leading to improved healthcare experiences for all women. When we advocate for ourselves, we contribute to a healthcare system that recognizes and values women's concerns, even in this climate that is very tense and turbulent. So clearly, self-advocacy is of critical importance for women when it comes to our health care. It empowers women to overcome gender bias, actively participate in the decision-making process, and ensure that our voices are heard. By advocating for ourselves, women can strive for equitability, personalized, patient-centered care, ultimately improving our overall health and well-being. Now, even knowing this, Self-advocacy can still be a challenge. So let's talk about some of the common challenges that women face in advocating for their health. So advocating for one's health can be challenging. And as a woman, because we are faced with unique obstacles um, on this journey, understanding these challenges can help us navigate and overcome them effectively. So I want to go over some common challenges that women encounter when they advocate for their health. First up, I'm going to go ahead and just talk about gender bias in healthcare. So I, I just brought it up, right, in terms of how self-advocacy helps with this issue. But I feel like it bears repeating. Because women often face gender bias in the healthcare setting, this can impact the quality of care that we receive. So you have stereotypes and preconceived notions about uh, women's pain tolerance levels, um, mental health status, or even reproductive health. And this can all lead to a dismissive attitude or even uh, inequitable care. Overcoming these biases require women to assert themselves and provide clear and assertive communication and actually demand the attention and care that they deserve. This is helped by having our male counterparts, be it our dad, a brother, a husband, a boyfriend, act as an ally. And, and keep in mind, I said ally, not as our voices, but as someone who is there to kind of second the things that we say. Having an ally is always really great to say, you know what, I need you to listen to her. She is the patient. 
Another challenge is the lack of information or access to resources. So women may encounter challenges due to limited access to reliable information and resources. And I've talked about this in some other podcasts, but in particular, we're going to say in some cases, healthcare information may be just completely generalized or insufficiently tailored to a woman's specific needs. This can make it difficult for women to make informed decisions about their health. So overcoming this challenge involves seeking out reputable sources of information, such as, you know, reputable websites like the CDC. Um, make sure that you're talking to actually certified healthcare professionals or seeking out support groups that focus on women's health. Next is communication barriers with healthcare providers. So Effective communication with healthcare providers is crucial for self-advocacy. However, some women may find it challenging to express their concerns, articulate what their symptoms are, or even fully understand all of the medical jargon that may be going on. And add to this the time constraints during appointments. This limits the opportunity for a really thorough discussion. Overcoming these barriers really requires women to kind of prepare ahead of time for appointments, write down questions and concerns, um, email those questions and concerns to your provider. I have done this. I still do this. Um, and request clarification when necessary. Seeking a healthcare provider who actively listens and communicates clearly can also improve the experience and get over this barrier. Another factor, a big one for Black women and women of color, is the cultural and societal expectations. So cultural and societal expectations can impact women's ability to advocate for their health. Uh, You have traditional gender roles, social taboos, and stigmas surrounding certain health health care topics like sexual health and sexuality may be discouraged, may discourage women, I should say, from seeking help or even voicing what their concerns could be. Breaking through these barriers does require challenging societal norms, which in all honesty is exhausting, but also seeking support from like-minded individuals and communities and educating oneself on the challenging misconceptions. So it's really about finding your people in society and in healthcare that will listen to your concerns, right? So you find your people, ask them what they are doing and see what's reputable and that's how you can kind of get over or at least to start to challenge the cultural and societal expectations. And along with these cultural and societal kind of experiences is the emotional and psychological factors. As women, our health concerns are often, or I should say, our health, our health concerns often um, involve emotional and psychological factors that can influence our ability to advocate for ourselves. Things like anxiety, fear, embarrassment, past negative experiences all impact how confident we are in expressing our needs and seeking appropriate care. If we don't feel confident in speaking up or confident that we'll be heard, then we likely aren't going to talk. Overcoming this challenge may involve seeking emotional support, um, going to therapy, speaking with support groups, speaking with your tribe or your like-minded people who 
will listen to you, but also who you can find encouragement from in listening to their shared experiences. And lastly, but I feel like most prominently for sure, is the financial constraints um, and healthcare disparities. Now, I think in my very first episode where I talked about kind of Women's Health 101, I went through some of the financial kind of how women basically pay more in healthcare than men. Um, And the financial barriers and health disparities can and do significantly affect a woman's ability to advocate for her health. Limited access to insurance uh, coverage, the current political climate and the legal hijinks that's going on all around women's reproductive health or just women's health in general the high cost of healthcare, and the lack of nearby healthcare facilities all hinder women from seeking necessary care or even pursuing second opinions. Overcoming these challenges will involve exploring more community resources, looking at charitable organizations, and even alternative healthcare assistance programs that provide the financial assistance or affordable healthcare options that you really need. These, these challenges really highlight why self-advocacy is so important for women as we can empower ourselves to overcome these barriers and actively advocate for our health. So things like sharing stories and tips and resources that specifically address these challenges really are instrumental in supporting women in our self-advocacy journal or journey, I should say. And so with that, I think it's important to kind of tap in and look at some of the key strategies and resources, be it in community or digital resources, to help women um, and those who support women and young girls get better at self-advocacy when it comes to health and wellness. So in this digital age, right, we have access to various resources that can support our self-advocacy efforts. This is things like reliable health information websites, you know, looking at WebMD, the Mayo Clinic, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention offer a lot of valuable insights. Additionally, you have healthcare apps like Healthy and MyChart and Clue that provide tools for things like tracking and managing our health. We can also engage in online patient communities and support groups that kind of give us a sense of solidarity and the shared experience. So I'm going to explore a few of these key strategies for effective self-advocacy. So the first, let's look at some of the digital resources, right? And to the first one is kind of to educate yourself. And that's specifically looking at reliable digital resources, credible websites, and apps. Because really the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the TikTok, while they are entertaining and they can, I, I believe, like spark an idea, they are not really reliable or credible, especially when it comes to health information. So when it comes to looking at things that are reliable, um, a really good example is My Health Hub. This app provides evidence-based health information and resources specifically tailored to women's health. It offers things like articles and videos and interactive tools to educate its users about various health conditions, treatments, and preventative measures. Users can also track their health metrics and set reminders for screenings and appointments. The next one I think that's really great is Women Health Matter. 
or women's health matters, I should say. This website serves kind of as a comprehensive online resources for women's health. It offers reliable and up-to-date information on a wide range of health topics, including reproductive health, mental health, exercise, and nutrition. The website also provides access to a community forum, as well as support groups and expert advice. And this all enables women to, uh, to connect with other women and gain valuable insight. Now, the next strategy that I want to look at is building a strong support network or what I call kind of like having your people, building your tribe. When it comes to your healthcare team, I absolutely encourage women to establish uh, a healthcare team that they trust and feel comfortable with. This team can consist of, you know, obviously your primary care physician, it will probably consist of specialists or therapists or whoever is the healthcare professional that you need to address your specific needs. The next part of that tribe, right, are your family and friends and potentially probably an online community. Support from loved ones and like-minded individuals plays a really vital role in self-advocacy. So I encourage you to seek out support from friends, from family members and loved ones, and from an online community that focuses on women's health, specifically on issues that are important to you. Um, There are communities really for everything, from having your first child, to dealing with things like endometriosis, to even exploring sexual health and sexuality. And these networks can really provide a good emotional support. And again, that shared experience um, and offer some really valuable advice that you can kind of look into and say, okay, let me explore this some more. There's also communication skills. Now, obviously, this is really key. Using assertiveness, asking questions, and seeking second opinions. With assertiveness, this is all about communicating your needs and concerns and preferences to your healthcare provider. This means that you are speaking up, you are expressing yourself clearly, and actively participating in the decision-making process. It's not about being loud, although you may have to be if somebody's not really paying attention to you, but it's really just about speaking clearly, and that may be, for some people, even through via email, being kind of consistent about asking questions which is the next thing I want to go through, right? The asking of questions. So I encourage you to uh, ask questions about your health conditions and treatments, ask about different options. And you can ask in person, ask via telehealth, ask on the phone, ask via email, as long as you are asking, asking, asking questions. Because it is only by seeking information that you can gain a better understanding of your health and make an informed decision. It is your healthcare um, and your healthcare provider can get you answers. Then the next thing you can do is get a second opinion. If you're unsure about a diagnosis or treatment plan, or you still have questions about the advice you receive, there is no need to feel guilty about that or have any concerns um, that you are somehow uh, stepping on the toes of your healthcare provider. Instead, you should feel empowered to seek a second opinion from other healthcare professionals who can give you answers about your healthcare. Because remember, this is your health. And so sometimes just getting a second opinion can give you a broader perspective and potentially the ability to uncover some alternative options, right? 
And the last strategy that I have for you, it kind of goes back to the digital resource this time. And that is tracking and documenting your health. So you can use something like My Health Diary, which is an app that enables women to track and monitor their health over time. So it allows you as a user to record symptoms and medications, appointments, uh, test results, and anything really, any notable changes that you want to track. And by documenting your health journey, as a woman, you can then provide accurate and detailed information when you go into your medical appointment and thus aiding in a more effective diagnosis and treatment. Another one really, which I do this and I've done this for many years, is just having a health journey, uh, a health journal or diary. So absolutely, this is one that I have encouraged uh, many of my friends to do. My my particularly, I have a neurologist. He's always like, what do, you, what do you have for me, right, when it comes to my journal? So I encourage women to maintain a personal health jury, uh, journal or diary when um, they have things that are going on. But you can really just record your experiences and your symptoms or any concerns, but also record your wins. This is a great way to identify patterns or triggers and progress over time. Additionally, having a health journal can serve as a valuable reference during discussions with your healthcare provider. Like I said, I use one specifically for tracking migraines and it has been really invaluable actually across my entire healthcare journey. So while it specifically started out for migraines, it's been really effective in working with my uh, primary care doctor as well as working with a nutritionist. So absolutely encourage that. So as we wrap up, this episode on self-advocacy in women's healthcare, I want to reflect on the key takeaways and the importance of empowering women to advocate for their health, right? So throughout this discussion, we explore the strategies and tools that can help women navigate the complexities of healthcare and assert their needs. We discuss the significance of educating oneself on reliable resources, you know, using things like My Health Hub or Women's Health Matters, because these platforms provide women with knowledge and information needed to make informed decisions about our health. And we also highlighted the value of building a strong support network, both within the healthcare system, but also just as important among our loved ones and within an online community. So I think what's key to remember is that you are not alone in your journey and seeking support can provide encouragement and guidance necessary to navigate the challenges that any of us may face. Effective communication, you know, such as being assertive, asking questions are really vital tools in advocating for one's health. And by confidently expressing your concerns, seeking clarification, and even seeking a second opinion when needed, you can ensure that your voice is heard and that your health really is prioritized. Of course, tracking and documenting your health, either with a digital app like My Health uh, Diary or just maintaining a personal health journal, will further empower you with valuable information and assist you in conveying your experiences to your healthcare professional. We also acknowledge that, you know, the common challenges women face in advocating for their health, 
including things like gender biases, lack of information, cultural expectation, emotional factors, and financial constraints, right? By recognizing these obstacles, we can work together to overcome them and pave the way for better healthcare experience. So in conclusion, I encourage you to embrace your role as an advocate in your health. Remember that you have the right to ask questions. You have the right to seek a second opinion and you, and make informed decisions about your well-being. Your voice matters. And by advocating for yourself, you can contribute to positive changes in women's health care. So I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of Empowering Her, Self-Advocacy in Women's Health. I hope you found this information shared here to be valuable and that it inspires you to kind of take a more active role in your healthcare journey. If you have any questions or feedback or even suggestions for future topics, please reach out via email or even on social media challenge. Primarily, I'm usually on Instagram, but you can, I'm on TikTok occasionally as well um, because I really love to hear from you. So remember, your health is important. And you have the power to advocate for it. Together, let's continue empowering women to prioritize their well-being and create a more equitable and inclusive healthcare system. Till the next time, have a great one. Bye.